John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. For those of you who were here last Sunday, who went to Mass last Sunday, you know that today we preach on the second episode of our short mini-series. The mini-series of Advent for our dioceses is the one composed by Created, and that was the preaching of the past Sunday. Today is Captured, so the preaching about the reality of sin and the fall, and then we will have two more, Restored, and then the mission of the church, saved. But first of all, I want to start exactly from the gospel of today. John proclaimed repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So, what is sin? The Catechism of the Catholic Church defines sin as an abuse of the freedom that God gives to created persons so that they are capable of loving him and loving one another. So, it implies freedom. There is a freedom involved. Only a human being can sin. Not a rock, not a tree, and neither an animal. Only a created person has the free will to love God and to love each other. But we read in chapter 3, Genesis, that the snake was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he asked the woman, did God really say you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? So somebody wants us to sin. This is the first and capital key point of all the mystery of the fall. It's not just about ourselves. It's not just about, oh, I fell short. No. There is an active will of somebody else to, kind of, to push us down to the abyss, over the border. And who is Satan? Again, the church teaches that Satan was at first a good angel, made by God. So first of all, he is merely a creature. He himself, Satan himself, has been created, and he has been created with a good purpose. But then he made an irreversible choice against God and with his followers. He now represents an enemy that of course cannot overthrow God. It's still a creature, but can make, he can make a lot of damage against us. So, since the beginning, the devil tries to convince us that God is not a good father. He kind of, he sows the seed of doubt. And how? He accuses, he lies, he divides, he flatters, he tempts, and most of all, and we can see that in our time, he discourages, he tries let us go and say, oh, I'm the worst sinner. I cannot do anything else. And so the woman 
saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, and the tree was desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. That's the way how, in the relate of Genesis, they described the fall, the moment when our ancestors gave in to that illusion, to the false promises of the devil. And everything changed since then. There are three immediate consequences from what happened at the time. And chapter 3, Genesis, is amazing because it, it describes perfectly the three consequences of every sin. You can still, in every sin you do, you can still see the same three consequences. First, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid, said Adam, because I was naked, so I hid myself. So the first consequence, the first degree of separation is the one of man and woman from God. I hid myself because I was naked. Shame. The first consequence of every sin is that we feel ashamed of what we did. And that shame that can be a good alarm, can be a wonderful signal that something is wrong, can become a way to push God back. I'm ashamed, so I distance myself from you, God. It's not easy. It's not like before when you and I walked in the garden together. Now I feel that I'm not worthy, but in a bad way. I'm not worthy, and I step back. Very dangerous. And then the man, the man replied, the woman who you put here with me, she gave me fruit from the tree. So the second degree of separation, the second consequence of sin, is that now there is a separation between man and woman. Not just man accuse God, you put her next to me. So kind of God is responsible of sin because he put the woman next to Adam. It's quite, it looks funny, but it's, it is not. It's, it's terrible. But then Adam blames the woman. So you see that the second consequence of every sin is to create a gap between two people who before loved one another. And the third is the separation with the earth. To the woman, God said, in pain you should bring forth children. And to the man, God said, cursed be the ground because of you. In toil shall you eat its yield all the days of your life. Mysteriously, the relationship we had in the beginning with the creation, with everything, and also with work as a way to restore and to make creation beautiful, collaborating with God, that becomes painful experience, toil. Work is no more a joyful experience. It can still be, but mostly we suffer work. There is a resistance. When we go to work, we feel a heavy weight. 
that's a consequence of the sin, of the original sin and also the following sins. And we do not treat anymore the earth as something holy and beautiful and to preserve, but we spoil the earth with all the consequences we know. And so what happens after all these consequences? It happens what always happens after every sin. The devil, happy to have destroyed everything, he abandons us and goes away, like in the gospel. A house, the house is in ruin, and the devil goes elsewhere looking for another house to destroy. And Adam and Eve are there completely abandoned without anything else, sad, and that could be the end of the story. But thanks be to God, it is not. Because it's really the beginning of another story. Because when the devil abandons us, the father never abandons his creatures. Even in the moment of greatest sin, he offers them a way of redemption. And so we read exactly at the end of chapter 3, for the man and his wife, the Lord God, made leather garments with which he clothed them. Usually we read this sequence and we go on. But instead we should stop a moment and consider it. After all what they did, God remained and with incredible tenderness, he protected them. He clothed them. It's a gesture of tenderness towards his children. And then he offers them a way back. But it's a long way back. They have to learn the way back, the way home, the hard way. He closes the door, we know the east door, the door of the dawn, the door of the sunrise, and God puts a, a cherubim with a flaming sword to that door, saying to Adam, Adam, Adam and Eve, you will not enter from this door anymore. But he didn't close the western door, because there is another door to enter the Garden of Eden. And this on the other side, the sun, where the side where the sun sets. And that's the door that eventually another man in another time will open through his sacrifice. So today, and this is my invitation, I invite you to go home to read Chapter 3, having in mind this story, the, the fall, the, thrice, the, the three consequences, a separation from God, a separation from each other, a separation from nature and creation. And also, I invite you to read the last part of the chapter as an invitation to see how the Lord put in motion immediately after a way back to restore what has been spoiled.